You're listening to Commissioning Conversations, the podcast brought to you by Broadcast Intelligence. Hi, and welcome to Commissioning Conversations. I'm Alice Redman. And I'm Heather Fallon. And we are both researchers and journalists for the Commissioner Index. And today we are joined by the third member of our team, Lizzie McDonald, to discuss the past few weeks in commissioning news. So... Lizzie, we are so glad that you are finally on the podcast. You are the third member of our team and we've been trying to get you on here for weeks and now you are. But I thought maybe it'd be great to tell the listeners a little bit about yourself. Yeah, sure. So hi, guys. Um, I joined the Commissioner Index team um, in July of last year. So during the pandemic, woohoo. Um, so I've been covering um, Sky, HBO Max, um, channels like that. And um, it's been very interesting, actually, to know, you know, different kind of things that people are commissioning on both sides of the world. And um, I haven't been able to go to any events, of course, but Real Screen was the most recent one. And that was a very interesting insight into what's happening in America actually. Yeah I can't wait till we can take you out to events <laughs> and get meeting people. I and can't wait. <laughs> but I know you had some interesting chats with the Discovery team and learned a lot about the upcoming Magnolia channel during the real screen time. Yeah so um, one of the speakers there was Sarah Cuban and she works at Magnolia and she's the VP of content and um, so Magnolia was supposed to be a linear channel in its debut but that's been pushed back to at least next year but it is is part of the Discovery Plus slate, so it's one of the verticals there. Um, and yeah, she was talking about um, the different kind of things that they want for the channel. The way she was describing it, it was like a, a warm cup of milk. Like it was just very inviting. They didn't want, they don't want heavily formatted shows. They want things that are re- very relatable and um, things that are about building community, about you know home and gardening and cooking. And it's actually um, a venture between Chip and Joe, and they were they are like cr- um, chief creative officers, and they were like the big star of Fixer Upper so they've also got Fixer Upper Welcome Home um, on the channel now as well so yeah it looks seems to be like a really cool venture um, you know very easy to watch a lot of escapist type shows especially during the pandemic it's going to be great to watch that instead of watching anything too issue led mm-hmm. they want everything to be nice <laughs> It's, all, it's all like been such an interesting because it's been such a long time coming because I remember saying to you like I think it was about two years ago that they announced it at like real screen there and it was a really interesting thing and it's been interesting to see like how it's developed from that original announcement you know because originally they just wanted the linear channel and there was no mention of SVOD but now they've had yeah. to kind of change that and I think a lot of that's probably yeah. pandemic related yeah so I mean yeah of course so it's been it's good to see you know networks and broadcasters being very adaptable and with you know streaming pretty prominent now it makes sense to have them on the discovery plus slate and something cool that a lot of the other discovery plus channels are saying like you know own and cooking channel and food network they the verticals are interested in working with each other so they're very interested in like a a tlc slash own collaboration that's something like robin latica johnson was saying and she works for own i feel like discovery plus has got a lot to they have a lot to look out for with them yeah so Obviously, Discovery Plus is offering a lot of opportunity that expands beyond the linear channels that were found on Discovery. And I know, have you have some exciting SVOD update in terms of YouTube? Yeah, so I think YouTube is an increasingly really exciting place to look to, especially for UK producers. They're changing strategy where they've moved from YouTube originals that sat behind a paywall and leaned 
more towards scripted content has now changed to a more diverse unscripted content strategy that sits in front of a paywall and of course you can still pay to have an ad free version but the main focus now is on big creators channels which are available to everyone YouTube sees 2 billion unique users every month and is rapidly increasing its number of original commissions each year so I think that that is a really exciting prospect and global head of original programming Suzanne Daniels revealed that 83% of views for UK produced programs come from outside of the UK. So there's something that is clearly resonating across the world for UK based producers and creators, which is really nice to see. Their key target audience is the 18 to 34s. And for the majority of original commissions for them, it is vital that talent is at the forefront of the program, particularly when it comes to personality led documentaries, which is one of their key pushes right now. And um, producers should always be looking at ways to amplify a creator in a way that they couldn't do on their own. What is nice, I think, as well, is that producers can come either with that personality or creator attached if they have a good relationship with them, or they can pitch a format which could be then developed and they find the best voice and created to match with that idea. And Suzanne also mentioned that she wanted to see more pitches where the talent is really taken out of their comfort zones. Uh, so one example is Lisa Koshi, and she had originally pitched a variety show, which is very much in her wheelhouse. Uh, it's what she does on her channel. But what ended up happening was the commission Liza on Demand, which is a scripted series, and they are actually kind of pushing away Away from scripted content now but it's still a really good example of how they push creators into these new exciting spaces in a way that they never would have done without that help of a production company and that's where producers kind of have that in a really exciting aspect of youtube is also the intimate way that it connects with audiences i think with YouTube, it's really important to consider how you're going to use that platform. And there's a lot of fun ways to engage with audiences very directly that is completely different to a PSB. So they're commenting, the audiences are commenting on videos directly. They're often watching it on their laptop. So they're just physically closer to the content that you have in mind. And I think they did a really fantastic job in 2020 when it came to responding to major events. For sure. And I think what's really interesting about YouTube is like, it's almost a, not quite a democratization of talent, but you have this kind of almost open bank as a producer to look at all this talent. And it's not that a certain talent has to work in a specific way. You kind of have almost like a file of facts going very 90s yeah. in that analogy but like a file of facts <laughs> in front of you of people for your show and I think that's a really exciting prospect for producers yeah and Luke Hyams had previously mentioned that he's basically interested in anyone that has over 2 million subscribers as a bit of a benchmark so there are a lot of content creators out there that have over 2 million subscribers I think that YouTube is a really exciting space at the moment and I think that this is a really critical moment for them and it's a really good time to get on board with them. And another SWOD that's been in the commissioning news recently is my favourite, Disney+. Plus. So rather excitingly, they announced a 10-strong European slate, which is the first stuff that's coming out of Europe. Nothing UK-based yet, but the commissions did come from Diego Londono and Liam Keelan, who are both based in the London office, and we are told that a UK slate is kind of incoming. What I think was really interesting about this kind of commission was that 
when we did our report working with the new streamers, we really analysed how much IP Disney Plus were using, and it was a lot. They were using a lot of existing shows that are being reworked. They were tapping into the Marvels. They were tapping into just across the board. Everything kind of had some sort of tie-in, even vaguely. Basically, this slate has just kind of tilted the balance. I think it's exciting as for European producers, the fact that Europe is coming out with this kind of almost wholly wholly original slate and it's coming from Europe and it shows how creative and how great you know European production companies are on and they're able to play on that international level and I think coming out with this slate is just a really positive thing for Disney plus I mean a few of them are reboots but they're not reboots of, of like big US IP so they've got an Italian series called Boris which is based on a former Fox series that aired initially called Boris and it's kind of a continuation of that obviously Fox was part of the Disney brand and there's a lot of tie-ins kind of across Europe so you can see how that one how that one kind of works but yeah I think it's just a really interesting thing that you know Disney have relied on their existing IP for so long well for the first their first year of launch and there's a really clear move away from from that in this European slate which I think is just going to be a good breath of fresh air really as well for the service because there's only so much you know Marvel series you can rewatch. although I am absolutely loving WandaVision I think it's genius it is a way into marvel for people that aren't into marvel speaking from experience because didn't think i was into marvel started watching wandavision absolutely hooked and now i'm going back to the films to find out the backstories and find out why that character's like that and why what happened and like that's that's like proof that the ip thing really does work that you get people on there with new things that use existing ip and then they're going to go into the back catalog however fresh series are always going to be a great thing to have to counter that yeah for sure I think that really opens the the doors for people that don't own Disney IP which is a lot of production companies and I will say as well as a uh, person who's only ever watched all the Marvel films while on a 12-hour plane that I will also now be giving WandaVision a go (laughs) oh it's absolutely amazing I really do recommend it and that yeah, I really didn't think I was a Marvel movie person. And then literally it came out on Friday and I was like, it's here. I need to watch the next episode. <laughs> and they're doing a weekly rollout with it as well. And I think that really works with A, the series, because it's very suspenseful of like what is happening. And um, B, just to get, you know, I'm then I'm back on on a Friday night on the Disney Plus platform. The episodes are only, I think, half an hour, 40 minutes or so. I finished that and then I'm on the Disney Plus platform. And then I think to myself... Yeah, maybe I'll watch um I'll watch an Avengers film now for my Friday <laughs> night and it's really doing its job. So I think WandaVision, genius. They've got you. They've really hooked I me. I feel like I should watch WandaVision now as well. And I'm not a Marvel fan. So maybe this maybe you've convinced me. <laughs> but um yeah, so obviously speaking of the IP though, um that's something that um HBO Max with their children's slate they're really relying on as they you know build it up. So Tom Ashim, he's the president of Kids, Young Adults and Classics there. And he only joined last year. And um, yeah, his main aim is just to make 
HBO Max's Children's Slate, like a gold mine of children's TV. And um, he's relying a lot on IP because he covers so Cartoon Network, Adult Swim, TCM and Boomerang. And obviously, you know, those, especially Cartoon Network and Boomerang, they've been around since what, at least 20 years. And, you know, they will have like the Looney Tunes and, you know, Tom and Jerry Kids and Tiny Tunes. And well, actually a revival of Tiny Tunes should be in the works. And he's looking to make other new fresh Bugs Bunny and, you know, Daffy Duck and all those kind of guys. New programs for this generation, which is, I find quite interesting as well, because then as the parents of the children who will now be watching these shows, it's kind of nostalgic. So then you're kind of hooked in like, oh, you know, we used to watch Johnny Bravo. And if there's going to be a Johnny Bravo, you know, reboot in 2022, you know, it, it works for both audiences in a way. And then again, like you were saying with WandaVision, you know, people will watch that and then be interested in the whole Marvel universe you know, kids are going to watch this. And then as they grow up, they're going to be like, oh, I didn't know that there's actually older Tom and Jerry shows. So, you know, that I feel like that really works with that. And he's also actually overseeing um, the Harry Potter franchise as well. So I think we have to look out for some possible original both well, yeah, new original series for them and Sesame Street is another brand that they've acquired as well one of their shows that they've got going on is not the not too late show with Elmo so it's basically like a talk show where, where Elmo's the host <laughs> it's, you know for kids so I feel like <laughs> I feel like that's actually going to be a very good show to watch when HBO Max comes out here I would be very much inclined to see okay what is Elmo to- talking about at you know 8pm for the kids <laughs> So yeah, you know, you can see like he's very much relying on what has worked for, you know, over 20, 30 years, what's going to work again for, you know, the next generation of kids. But he he is also looking for original shows. One of them is called Craftopia, which is um, a competition show. So he's looking for like, you know, high volume kind of shows, competition shows, you know, the kids make something, they win a trophy, you know, things like that. So, you know, he's not only looking after the kids and animation, he's also looking after like the tweens and the teenagers as well. I really like that point about parents kind of wanting their children to watch similar shows to what they were watching. So the new series of the CBBC show, My Mum, Tracy Beaker, I am now so desperate to watch it because I saw that clip of Tracy Beaker and... uh, Justine. Oh my god, what is her Justine, name? Justine, little words. Justine. <laughs> and it honestly, like, it hit me so hard in my all of my nostalgic roots that I was like, am I going to go back and watch this children's programme now? Because I need to know what Tracy Beaker is up to. I, I think... definitely watched that. All those three episodes. It was great. It, that, I feel like that show was literally for us. If you were, you know, <laughs> 23 plus, it wasn't really for the kids. <laughs> <laughs> I know we missed it last episode, but I do want us to wrap up with our green light of the week. So going the complete opposite direction of fun nostalgia shows, my green light of the week is a BBC Three documentary called Roman Kemp, Our Silent Emergency. So that's a working title at the moment, but it's produced by 2-4. And the documentary sees Roman Kemp uh, examining mental health and suicide in young men following the kind of sudden and unexpected death of his best friend, Joe Lyons. I just think it's a great commission for BBC Three. It's such a prevalent subject for that 16 to 34 demographic. It's something that they will really be passionate about. It's something that is very often talked about in those circles and... I really hope that it can touch a lot of people and do some good. Jesse Nelson's Odd One Out, which is 
a documentary that was in a similar format really resonated and was one of the best performing shows for BBC Three uh, because it was so personal and it touched on subject that really affects you know young people in particular because it was about social media and I think that this one has the similar potential to really reach out and do really well. It was greenlit by BBC Three controller Fiona Campbell and head of factual entertainment Catherine Catton along with Max Gogarty and if you were able to attend our factual entertainment panel uh, late last year Catherine Catton spoke to this and it's really great to see more programs that lean into this strategy of personal one-off documentaries. And how about you Lizzie what's your green light of the week? Okay so my green light is a Netflix recent commission it's called Wednesday and um, I actually only watched the Adams Family movie last year (laughs) and I was actually like this is actually quite hilarious why have I never watched this before I feel like I thought I don't like horror, so I, I assumed it was going to be scary. And then obviously it's very tongue-in-cheek. It's not scary at all. Oh, it's <laughs> And I really like Wednesday's character. You know, she's very to the point, dry sense of humour. I love those kind of people. So, um, yeah, so they've actually, I suppose it's a spin-off of the movie called Wednesday. And it's just following her, you know, at the Nevermore Academy. You know, she's a teenager. She's working out um, her psychic abilities and, you know, relationships, friendships and everything that comes with it. It's quite an interesting move for Netflix because originally they were focused on original Netflix shows um, and then now they are moving into reboot, um, which is very interesting, like most other streamers are doing now, I suppose. I suppose, you know, they're jumping on that bandwagon. And my green light of the week is actually, I want to say, an acquisition of the week. The absolutely record-breaking only thing anyone can talk about documentary framing Britney Spears this was actually one episode in a series that was greenlit by FX and Hulu back in July 2020 the New York Times presents was meant to be you know single documentaries a series of 10 single documentaries 60 minutes or so that covered a range of issues and I think you know it was billed as a series but what was really interesting is that the single Britney Spears episode was acquired by Sky Documentaries it must have been very quick because I don't think anyone was necessary I think they were necessarily from what I can tell by looking at what's on Sky Docs at the minute I don't think they were necessarily going to ever acquire that whole series I don't know if there was any prior interest in that whole series as an acquisition but you know they kind of this documentary is making such a splash and people were very keen to get their hands on it and Sky Sky Documentaries team the Sky team did it they did it fast they've aired it within a couple of days of this of it airing in America and I think it was just a really smart move that just showcases, you know, Sky Documentaries has launched launched last year, had all of this, you know, you've got Poppy Dixon as commissioner, they've just hired two more commissioners. I think getting that, the framing Britney Spears acquisition is just like a big shout into the world that, you know, Sky Documentaries means business. It's going to give you these premium, talked about high quality documentaries and it complements the commissioning strategy. It is also an absolutely fantastic documentary. Very good. Is I mean, upsetting. I was quite angry when it finished. <laughs> I was like, wow, this is actually crazy. <laughs> yeah, and I can't believe that, that that happened to one poor woman and it's still happening. Mm-hmm. Hashtag free Britney. Yeah, I agree. 
Thank you so much for listening. Yes, and if you are interested in coming on to the podcast to talk to us, please drop a line to the Broadcast Intel team at info at broadcastintel.com. That's info at broadcastintel.com. And Commissioning Conversations will be back in two weeks' time as always. And in the meantime, the latest commissioning news and briefs can be found on broadcastintel.com. So thanks again for listening. Bye. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Thanks for listening to Commissioning Conversations. We'll be releasing new episodes every other week and you can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube and at broadcastintel.com.